Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. The following is from Poets' Corner. Podcast 123 is entitled Courage, based on a military poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson, entitled The Charge of the Light Brigade. The Charge of the Light Brigade is a story about a famous battle by the British Light Cavalry, led by Lord Cardigan against Russian forces in the Crimean War of 1854. It is controversial because 118 soldiers died needlessly from miscommunications from commanding officers. Tennyson's poem, though it alludes to the disastrous miscommunication, focuses on the incredible bravery of the soldiers who rode into almost certain death. The charge was a military failure and is still studied today as a cautionary tale. It is as controversial today as it was in 1854. Perhaps one of the greatest contributions of the foolish battle was Tennyson's poem celebrating the courage of ordinary men under extraordinary circumstances. I have read the poem, which was written by Tennyson in minutes only a few weeks after the bloody battle, more times than I'm able to count, but it remains fresh. Tennyson's ability with words pulls you into the battle, making you feel the horrors of war. But I am always left with a feeling of the nobility of man when faced with the conditions beyond his control. There is a touching excerpt by Captain Godfrey Morgan, one of the officers who survived the battle. We went on. When we got about two or three hundred yards, the battery of the Russian horse artillery opened fire. I do not recollect hearing a word from anybody as we gradually broke from a trot to a canter, though the noise of the striking of men and horses by grape round and round shot was deafening, while the dust and gravel struck up by the round shot that fell short was almost blinding and irritated my horse so that I could scarcely hold him at all. But as we came nearer, I could see plainly enough especially when I was about a hundred yards from the guns. I appeared to be riding straight on to the muzzle of one of the guns, and I distinctly saw the gunner apply his fuse. I shut my eyes then, for I thought that settled the question as far as I was concerned. But the shot just missed me and struck the man on my right full in the chest. Captain Morgan accepted what he thought was certain death with such grace. I quote, I shut my eyes then, for I thought that settled the question as far as I was concerned. Tennyson's poem is very brief. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward, all in the valley of death wrote the six hundred. Forward, the light brigade charged for the guns, he said, into the valley of death rode the six hundred. Forward, the light brigade, was there a man dismayed? No though the soldiers knew someone had blundered. Theirs not to make reply, theirs not to reason why, theirs but to do and die. Into the valley of death rode the six hundred. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon in front of them volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, boldly they rode and well into the jaws of death, Into the mouth of hell rode the six hundred. Flashed all their sabers bare, flashed as they turned in air, sabering the gunners there, charging an army, while all the world wondered, 
plunged in the battery smoke right through the line they broke. Cossack and Russian reeled from the saber stroke, shattered and sundered. Then they rode back, but not, not the six hundred. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon behind them volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, while horse and hero fell. They that had fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell, all that was left of them, left of six hundred. When can their glory fade? Oh, the wild charge they made, all the world wondered. Honor the charge they made, honor the light brigade, noble six hundred. How can any one of us know what we would do in similar circumstances? I think I have shared the following story in a previous podcast. If so, it is no matter. I shall share it again here. One beautiful afternoon, Linda and I were riding a four-wheeler up on Halstop, a prominent mountain in East Tennessee, once used as a fire lookout station. The tall tower still stands abandoned and derelict. As a boy, I would climb the tower and sit with a person whose duty it was to scan the unfolding hills and valleys visible for miles around for smoke. Of course, it is the Smoky Mountains and it is difficult for an amateur to distinguish the natural smoke that emanates from rotting vegetation and the smoke of fires. But a trained eye can tell the difference. I envied him his job. But the tower, though it still stands as a reminder, is a relic upstaged by a series of satellite towers which keeps the road open. It is about seven miles from the bottom of the mountain to the top. A very narrow dirt road winds around the mountain. At the top of the mountain, one road winds up to the highest point to the tower. It is three miles long. I have traveled the road many times from my childhood. I still remember stopping about halfway up and drinking from a spring that gushed from the mountain. We all drank from a community cup, usually a rusty tin can hanging on a bush. One would never do that today, I suppose. That is, share a community cup. But in those easy times, free of COVID pandemic, no one thought much of it, and we all enjoyed the sweet mountain water. This one occasion, however, was different. Linda and I came across an extraordinary sight. A large rooms-to-go truck was hanging off the road, the back barely clinging to the road, the front tottering over the mountainside, ready to drop hundreds of feet, which would have led to certain death by the driver. We were the only ones on the scene, besides the two occupants of the vehicle. By the time we got there, they were both safely out of the vehicle. The rooms-to-go truck, however, was still teetering precariously over the side. I was astonished that they drove such a huge truck over the treacherous mountain road, which was narrow, heavily rutted, and required a four-wheel drive. My first thought was how stupid could you be? A paved road goes around the mountain at the bottom. When I quizzed the driver, he said that he was led there by his GPS. I immediately understood. You quickly learn never to use your GPS off-road in the Smoky Mountains. It does not discriminate between a deer trail and a freeway. Still, I thought he was rather a simpleton not to have figured out his blunder and turned back. The problem was, however, and I knew that, once committed, there is no turning back. There are no side roads. The driver had come up the Edwina side, which is a little better than the Hartford side. It was deceitfully easy. However, once over the top, the Hartford side was seldom scraped, was very, very steep, very narrow, sharp switchbacks, muddy holes and open streams. As I visited with the driver, it came out that both had remained in the vehicle even after it was going over the side of the mountain. 
from the driver's and the passenger's point of view, it would have appeared to be a hopeless situation and certain death as they crashed down the vertical slope. The heavy truck would have bulldozed the trees and shrubbery and would inevitably have flipped over and over nonstop until they reached the bottom. I asked the driver, Why didn't you jump? His answer startled me. The driver responded matter-of-factly, I didn't jump because my companion could not get out on his side, so I decided to stay in the truck with him. I admit that my attitude changed dramatically. I didn't let him see the tears in my eyes. It was overwhelming to think that even in a panic, he chose to die with his friend. Is that not the same heart held by the brave soldiers in the charge of the Light Brigade? The Savior said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Perhaps everyone agrees that courage is a virtue, but when the waters are still, bravery is shown through words. When the waters are turbulent, bravery is shown through action. We are all brave sometimes, and chance creates many accidental heroes. But to be truly courageous, one must prepare for fear and be willing to do the right thing regardless of what you think about yourself or what others think about you. Sometimes one must have the courage to appear selfish, and other times one must have the courage to feel afraid. Many brave men have run to fight another day. The question arises, should the Light Brigade have questioned the orders before suicidally charging into a battery of Russian artillery? The Russians thought the English were drunk for making such a careless charge, rushing into their heavy guns carrying only a lance and a saber. Clarification would have saved many lives. Courage is not a virtue in and of itself. Many evil men have shown great courage. Satan is no coward. Many are corrupted by courage. Courage, ungoverned by truth, has killed many brave men. Courage is easily corrupted by vanity when not inspired by divine absolutes. Being bold in evil has no redeeming value. Courage is to truth what faith is to hope, the perfect combination for bringing down divine intervention. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.